Yo. Thomas J. Camp. What's happening? Good morning, my man. How are you doing? I'm good. Mate, um, do you have a couple of minutes to talk about what the hell is going on? What happened overnight with our Australian uh, friend Oscar Piastri? Yeah, I saw Tommy tasting. What's happening? What, what happened there? So, very interestingly, it seems like Alpine have completely lost the plot here in terms of being able to control this. Uh, at some point overnight here in Australia, Alpine put a uh, press release out saying that they would be having Oscar Piastri and Esteban Ocon as their drivers for next year. And uh, that was posted, let's have a look, that was posted six hours ago, right? And the caption is 2023 driver lineup confirmed, Esteban Ocon, handshake emoji, Oscar Piastri. After four years as part of the Renault and Alpine family, reserve driver Oscar Piastri is promoted to a race seat alongside Esteban Ocon starting from 2023. And, and I kid you not, you can't make this stuff up. Oscar Piastri then heads to social media two hours later and says, I understand that without my agreement, Alpine F1 have put out a press release late this afternoon that I am driving for them next year. This is wrong and I have not signed a contract with Alpine for 2023. I will not be driving for Alpine next year. Yeah. So I mean right. so what what what's happening here, I think, and this is all this is merely speculation at this point. I mean, there's so many press reports going on around at the moment. From what I understand, there was a press conference done with um Otmar Safnau yesterday, uh, Australian time, saying that uh there was uh no there, there was no sort of doubt that Esteban Ocon would be paired with Oscar Piastri. Kind of, except maybe there was some kind of legal issue that he wasn't really sure. This is Otmar. And that he'd been trying to get in touch with Mark Webber, but he'd sent some messages and some emails, but they hadn't necessarily caught each other to actually have a conversation live. So what I think has happened is I think Mark has signed a contract with McLaren for Daniel's 2024 seat. And now there'll be conversations going on I imagine in Daniel's camp saying, yeah, sure. Well, you're driving for McLaren next year, mate. No worries. That's that's fine. That's the contract. But you're not going to be extended past there. And so if I was Daniel Ricciardo, I'd be going, cool. Well, I'm going to go back to Alpine to a works team that is performing better than McLaren at this point in a car that I can feel more comfortable with to then hopefully get back on top, outperform Esteban Ocon like he's previously done and then show himself to be the driver that he is and to get away from an organisation in McLaren that has signed 17 drivers, it feels like, to only a handful of race seats across Indy and Formula One. Yeah, it sounds like there's some legal issues going on. Yeah, to say the least, mate. Well, that would confirm that Herald Sun report that I sent you last night. Yeah, exactly right. So so what do you think for Daniel? What, what Like, if you're advising DR right now, what would you say to him? Um, go with your heart. Do what makes you happy. I mean, he left, he left Alpine for a reason, right? Yeah. But he went to McLaren went for to a McLaren. reason. Is that is that reason still a thing at McLaren, do you think? He's promised the world. He's, probably, he's promised the world by Zach Brown. And, I mean, they haven't given him what, what he wanted. They haven't given Lando what he wanted either. Mm. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I think McLaren as an organisation probably behind closed doors have shafted him a bit, or they're trying to close, they're trying to force his hand. Yeah, 
because they don't want to. How do I say it? They don't want to. Um, they don't want to pay out his contract because they probably don't have the money to it. Think about think about how they refinanced just before he came, mm-hmm. and they raised a whole lot of capital and sold off some stuff so that they could afford to have the budget in the race team to do what they wanted to do in order to get Danny Rick and pay him that, you know, twenty one, twenty two million bucks. So they don't have the money to pay him out. But I think they're trying to force his hand by saying, Well, you're not driving with us in twenty twenty four, regardless of what happens next year. Mm. Um Which is And we've signed Piastri. Well that's... Which is a good sign. I mean it's a good signing for him, but this is this what, is all speculation at this point. Pa- what happens what happens for Piastri next year? Well, that's right. He would he would continue in a reserve driver capacity, I imagine, with McLaren. Yeah. Uh, whilst that whilst that happens, so so this is the thing that I think is worth mentioning at this point. We're talking about two Australians on the grid, one up and coming, one proven also race winner, uh, and and had multiple podiums with the Renault F1 team before they became Alpine. The other, an yeah. absolute superstar in his own right, still hasn't performed in Formula One yet, to my knowledge. And I said this a couple of uh, weeks ago on the podcast. I've never seen a driver who hasn't competed in a race series all year long have such high stocks like Oscar Piastri. And of course, yeah. he's exceptionally talented, but we don't know that yet in a Formula One sense. We know the gap between F2 and F1 is more significant than F3 to F2. But. Yeah. But I think Campy, the the takeaway, the key takeaway here is we've got two Australians on the grid for next year, more than likely. Well, that's a good thing for us, isn't it? Let's rewind. Let's just recap what's happened because we're only two days into the silly season, right? Uh, and and there's only really one race seat that's been opened, and that's Aston Martin's been filled, and we've had this absolute ridiculousness happen shortly thereafter. We had Seb retire late last week. We have Alonso announcing that he's going to Aston Martin on Monday morning where the, even Omar Safnauer didn't even know that that was happening, FYI. Yeah. The only time that he found out was reading the press statement um, from uh, on Twitter, I believe, from Aston Martin. And then they've turned around to say, oh, well, we're just going to get Oscar into the seat, but we're not quite sure exactly what we can do yet there yet because there's legal issues. Have they lost a two-time world champion and a potential future champion in two days, Campy? Uh, probably. And they lost Danny Rick. I mean, look at the three drivers they've lost, world-class drivers, in the last couple of years. Realistically, what does that say about the organisation? Yeah, well, that's it. Here's what Danny Rick said about it when he left True. But who cares? Who cares what it used to be like? Look where it's going and look where it's come from and look where it is at the moment. It's the fourth best grid on the um, team on the grid. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Thank and you. the only way's up, do I think that they're going to compete with Mercedes, Ferrari and Red Bull with a turbo hybrid engine? Probably not. I mean, if you still look at the race pace, there's still a minute and 10 seconds, minute 15 off, you know, around Hungara Ring on a track that's pretty tight, get around a, a longer track like Spa and it'll be a lap, you know. It's, but I, it's but I wonder, Campy, is that is that the car or is that the driver's ability to extract pace from the car? Well, because, and I only say this because remember uh, Danny Rick had a great showing at some tracks in that Alpine, uh, sorry, in that Renault, didn't he? He got some podiums. 
Yeah, they had a sweet, they had a real good purple patch there for seven or eight races in his second year on the back in the back mm-hmm. half of the year. Particularly when they were fighting for McLaren for third, was it in the championship yep. or fourth? Mm-hmm. Um, they were good. They were good. Maybe Danny Rick goes back there. He'll probably take a take a uh, get a bit of a haircut on the uh, on the salary, but I mean. We let's, know he's going to dominate Ocon, so that's going to make him look good. Let's just wargame this for a second, Campy, okay? Daniel Ricciardo, I mean, he obviously is not having a great time at McLaren. That much is true, right? Okay. Yeah. We, I mean, it was funny that we immediately had an episode out of date, <laughs> didn't we, after recording yeah. with Fernando, and then it's been out of date. And even that updated introduction is out of date where I said, oh, well, Oscar's going to be announced Alpine in the bin with you, James. What, what do you know? Um, but lift, let, let's lift. <laughs> You're a menace. Let's war game Daniel Ricciardo. Are you recording this? Oh, yeah, mate. I've been recording this since oh. the beginning. The interesting part for Daniel Ricciardo, though, right, is let's let's just war game what the next potential next two years looks like if he stays with McLaren, okay? There is no the, – the sec, this is his second year, right, with McLaren. He's not exactly been able to pick up probably, you know, the pace that he wants to or the team want him to. We know that because of the the fallout from Zach's comments of being honest and Daniel's comments being honest and all that sort of other stuff. If he continues with McLaren next year and he has an equally bad performing year and it it hasn't been great, it hasn't been good, hasn't been maybe necessarily terrible, but it's been bad, he doesn't really have much to stand on, does he, to go to another team? Does At that point, you know, there's a couple of seats that are open, but there are younger drivers coming through. Maybe Oscar's now part of that mix as well as a few others. If he goes back to Alpine for 2023, he, he makes this his last year in the McLaren, goes, okay, that's it. You know, I had an opportunity. It's just not working out. Maybe the car, we are developing it to go in a good direction, but it's not quite there yet. I would say that he should be talking to Alpine, and I'm sure this is happening anyway, be talking to Alpine right now saying, look, you give me a three-year contract, I'll come back next year with an exit clause to Ferrari, Mercedes, and Red Bull Racing if they come asking, but I'll give you three years and I'll vacate my McLaren seat so Oscar Piastri can potentially take that alongside Pato Award and 17,000 other people who have been promised it by Zach Brown. And he goes back into a team that he knows. It's a new team principal at least. Maybe Cyril comes back. Who knows? I mean, that wouldn't that be great? As his race engineer. Yeah, I want to come back, but I want Cyril Abitable as my race engineer. <laughs> that would be outstanding. Um, yep. But you have then an ability to be with a works team that actually can get back towards the front because their power unit is actually integrated into the whole car. It's all designed as one whole package rather than what McLaren's issue was, which was, you know, retrofitting that Mercedes into the Renault spot and, you know, time after time. You know what I mean? They're not the works team. Yep. So that Mercedes power unit in the McLaren is never going to be as powerful as the works team. Give them three years in Alpine again, maybe sort his life out. Maybe, you know, take over Lewis Hamilton's seat when he goes. Maybe go to Ferrari. Maybe even go back to Red Bull for one last hurrah after Sergio Perez's contract is up. Who knows? But in order for him to get back to a, a team that is going to win races, I would suggest that Alpine is also, like um, Lando Norris did earlier this year, is is also capable of getting podiums. I mean, it was a lucky one in Imola for Lando. But I would suggest that for Daniel, there'd be more likelihood of more frequent podiums with Alpine over the next three years. Yeah, yep, maybe you're right. I 
I don't mind it in saying that. I'm I'm acutely aware that everything I've said thus far about Daniel Rick, Danny Rick, and what he should do in his career, we've been wrong. <laughs> we said he should get get out of Red Bull. We weren't sure Re- Renault was the greatest choice, but you know, we we said stay there. That was probably what, the one we got right. We said don't go to Ferrari. Go to McLaren. Well, look where that ended up. Got egg on our face there. Uh, I'll do what his heart. Tell you what his heart says. Just look, he's destined to be a world champion because he's got the talent. Give him the right car, and all he's asked for is the car. He's never had the car. Yeah. In reality, all he's asked for: give me the world championship winning car, and I'll win it. I don't think I've ever left the race on the table. The race win on the table. He said that with Ted the other week. Yeah. And no team's been able to give him that car. McLaren clearly doesn't want to give him that car at the moment. It looks like they're trying to force his hand, and that's speculation. So you've got to look about. You've got to look at the reasoning behind the media that we're hearing the moment. Now it could just all be absolute garbage, but it seems like they're trying to force their hand to get Piastri into that seat next year. Um, if I was Alpine, I would flog Fernando off right now, pay out his contract, so you're no longer needed. See you later. Might end up in court, but give Piastri the next six months, at least get something out of him. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting And then thing. keep him for 2023 and then move on to McLaren if he's got it. Who knows, for 2024. Or does be... Danny Rick just he throw his hands in the air and go, oh, and go somewhere else and go race an IndyCar or something. Where well, he's a big name in the States. They love him over there. Personality's huge. And he would step into a top driving car already. So we've got some other, or oh, we've got a Kiwi performing over there pretty well. Yep. And wouldn't it be good to go and see Danny Rick smash Pato Award on his, you know, <laughs> on his home turf and go, Tom, oh, you know, that's bloody good. Yeah, look, I couldn't agree with I you. I mean, that, that. that would be good for a bit of arrogance. But then again, is, is IndyCar the same as Formula One? No, it's not. And he's a Formula One driver. He's an open wheel driver. And he's arguing the best 10 drivers in the world. I don't think he's this given is, up on F1 yet, mate. I think this, I mean, I think he'll go to IndyCar or NASCAR eventually, 100%. But this is like after he's made the decision to retire properly from Formula One, after he feels like yeah. he probably can't get anything more out of his time there. But also, you know, what what else does he, what, what else can he, can he achieve with McLaren? Like the, the, here is the question, right? That you just have to be really serious about in answering as a driver. Who is the most likely to win a world drivers a world championship? I should say, from a constructor's point of view, in the next five years, because that's probably how long he's got left competitively. At the current rate, before these new regs come into effect in 2026, mm-hmm. I think Red Bull mm-hmm. and Max Verstappen in that car is unstoppable. Mm. I think they're too good, and they're probably going to win the next three or four. And that would say, history would say that that's correct. Once a car gets on top, they stay there for a long time in the last, you know, in our last decade and a half. And I would suggest that maybe a Ferrari or a Mercedes could put it together for one year and deliver a package that may work. So, so look, who knows, man? But the answer, my, point, I, my point do was... Do I think Alpine's in that? No, absolutely not. What about McLaren? No. Yeah. Not with Lando. He hasn't even won a race yet. <laughs> but my point is, though, for Daniel, who is more likely out of Alpine and McLaren to put a package together that is going to win a world championship? 
Alpine. Okay. Well, and, and I agree with you because, again, it comes back to the works team. team. Yeah, exactly. See, we're going to get a new T-shirt design saying works team because <laughs> that's that's all that really matters at this point. Mate, it's... And I don't, I've got zero faith in Zach Brown or McLaren at the moment. Well... And it means their word means shit. And who's the old uh, McLaren dude that I can't stand? Whose name... Ron Dennis. I forget at the moment. Mate, maybe Zach Brown's the new Ron Dennis. Mm. Bit of a dog. Bit of a dog. Uh, well, look, certainly uh, Alpine's facilities aren't as cool as McLaren's. I can confirm. Well, I can't, can't confirm the Alpine stuff, but it certainly McLaren oh, yeah. looks cool. But uh, there's, it's all well and good to look good. Um, but it's been a significant period of time for both outfits. It has to. We have to say to have won a, a championship. Um, maybe they just need to bring uh, Mika Hackman back, McLaren, for a year. You know, just teach all these kids a lesson, Mika. Maybe, maybe you're all. Takuma Sato, bring you back. Takuma Sato. (laughs) That's a good place to leave it. Uh, Thanks, Campy. This has been a good emergency podcast. Uh, No doubt it'll be be out of – well, look, we're going to have a break for a little bit, but I thought we should probably just address what's going on right now. Um, So, listen, if you've enjoyed this, uh, there you go. Uh, I'm not promising anything else between now and the 23rd of August. But uh, jump on Discord to put your opinions on there. We'd love to hear them. There you go. Jump on Discord. You can find the link in the description below. Uh, have a great, Perfect. have a great week, listener. You too, Campy. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what falls out of this in the next twenty-four hours. Same, mate. Uh, Thank you, sir. I was taking a dump when you first rang me. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs>